Yay! We finally made it. Got Thank it. you. Yes. <laughs> Goodness, that was. We are fun. live. <laughs> we are live. Finally. I would like to introduce Miss Janice, the we founder. Okay. Yeah. Of the Women's Songwriters Hall of Fame. Yay! <laughs> Hello. Hi. So, do your intro. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, hi, Janda, Isaiah. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to be uh, able to be on your podcast today. Clearly, because I wanted a break from my my family and my kids, and so <laughs> <laughs> something else to do. Um, and. Um, I love talking about the work that I get to do with women in music, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, so my name's Janice McLean Deloach and my story on becoming an entrepreneur uh, is, a, is a very long and myriad one. Uh, some hurdles, some ups and downs, but I would never trade the journey of entrepreneurship. I uh, just, it's just who I am um, uh, innately. And my family um, really taught me about entrepreneurship a long time ago and always taught me that I had an option other than, and there's nothing wrong with working for other people at all because I've done a lot of that. <laughs> I work for quite a few corporations, but it is okay to dream and color outside the lines. Mm -hmm. And the believe that wholeheartedly and there were times that I worked for corporate companies and then there were times when I was like eh, I think I'm going to start a pantyhose vending machine in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the week it was a Wednesday who knew so <laughs> that is um, how I got started a little bit if that um, answers your question did I answer your question yes was there a question yes <laughs> It is so that kind of day. <laughs> no, for real. Oh my gosh. So Zaya, want to introduce yourself? Yes. So my name is Zaya. I am the founder of Hot Recruiter IO, um, where we are helping diverse candidates land roles in tech. So um, I started this company uh, a couple months ago, and I was focused more on career coaching, where I helped almost a hundred people land jobs in tech. Um, which were all, you know, either people with disabilities, women, people of color. Um, so super duper excited about that. And now I'm switching over to the full cycle recruiting side where I'm helping them actually throughout the process and land a role. So I'm all about D, E, and I and B, um, emphasis on the equity. Oh, wow. That's yeah. great. <laughs> I, I yeah, wish so I'd I've had like you about 20 years ago. <laughs> Right. We still have to talk, for sure. <laughs> right, yeah. So my whole thing was, um, I like, so like I've had candidates that come to me and they're like a thousand percent ready. Their resume's good. They don't need interview coaching. They don't need anything like that. And I've presented them. Um, but I've also had candidates where I've had to redo their resume, give them a little bit of coaching, and they've been neck and neck at the same job. So I'm all about, <laughs> I'm all about helping people get all the way there and I'm like more of a candidate focused recruiter rather than a recruiter that's just trying to find these unicorns that don't exist. Wow. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, he's very Thank busy. You. He's great at what he does. 
So for those of you who don't know, I'm half of the Sassy Sales Moms. Uh, Julie Nestor is a co-founder with me. And unfortunately, she is not feeling well tonight. I think I saw some comments from her. So Julie, we hope you're feeling better. You know, you've got some, yes. some big things that you're going to squash out very fast because we know that you can you can handle anything that's thrown at you. But we're excited about tonight. Um, the rules, just so everybody knows, if you're new, drop those questions. We are very active participants with our our audience. So if you want, what what do you want to know? There's tons of knowledge here with Miss Janice. I've talked to her. I don't know how many times I've talked to you so far. Every time I talk to you, I learn something new. She's quickly become one of my favorite people. And I just love her energy and spunk and all of it. She's, she's amazing. Just so many awesome, awesome stories. So I don't know how we're going to get all this in in an hour. So y'all buckle up. Well, and I feel the same about you, Shanda. Thank you so much. Um, I don't know. Usually I annoy people the first time. You know, but <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. But I really <laughs> love that you um, were open and you had some great ideas, which is how we ended up talking. You had all these wonderful ideas. And I was like, oh, well, how do you do that? And he said, well, and I said, oh, well, you know, one thing led to another. So the, the feeling is definitely mutual. I thank Aww. you for inviting me to be here tonight. I don't think we've talked for less than an hour every single time we've talked. And no. they're like the whole time emailing you too. Oh, you need to do this. Oh, yes. this is, you got to meet this person. We got to get you going with this. So yeah, mm -hmm. I'm so excited to see where everything takes you because it's going to be great. Um, so to start all that, tell us about your current jobs and projects, because that in itself is, it's just mind blowing how much you have going on. And they're all, each, each thing is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I am working with a organization called Women's Songwriters Hall of Fame. It is an organization that celebrates and supports iconic and legendary women in music. Uh, we also are working to create scholarships that will uh, open the door and educate um, young women and uh, ladies who want to go to college and women 40 and over, because unfortunately there's not a lot of money for women who have spent their whole life um, raising families or working and finally decided that they wanted to do something for themselves. And with COVID, we saw a lot of women who were older, who were 40 and over, who lost their jobs and were not able to really find another job that would hire them because they were 40 and over. So, and I fit in that category. I know I look like I'm about 23, but I am 40. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Black, <laughs> black don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> thank you. And um, so we wanted to do something that supported uh, young ladies in music and um, women, but also women over 40 who wanted to go back to school. And uh, Women's Songwriters Hall of Fame was created um, from research that I was doing on my radio show which is called It's Janice, and the show is about small business and entrepreneurship. Um, and that show, uh, as well as everything else that I've ever done, I've ever done really, has always been about solving a problem. But also one thing I realized about myself just recently, because we were doing um, a, a workshop and, 
it was talking about identifying uh, patterns in your own behavior. And what I noticed is that I've always kind of been a caregiver or nurturer. I've always worked to help not only solve problems for myself and find solutions for myself, but also I don't, I've always just been for bringing other people along with me, bringing other people up. It just really is always who I've been um, because my family was entrepreneurs. And um, this is a little bit off the subject. I'll get back to that. But um, when I was growing up, my family uh, owned a restaurant. It was the only community restaurant within fi a 50 mile radius in Baltimore City. And my father uh, worked for Bethlehem Steel. And my mother ran the restaurant with my, my aunts and my grandmother. And there were times that uh, people in the neighborhood really didn't have anything to eat and we would feed them until they would get their next money and they would come back and pay us. So what I learned earlier was I learned leadership. I learned community. I learned uh, helping to uplift other people and pull people along with you. And that just was always something that stuck with me throughout my life. And um, everything from the pantyhose vending machine that I created to, I used to do fashion shows because um, I'm five foot four. And at the time when I wanted to be a model, there were not a lot of people in modeling who looked like me, who were short, who were um, minority. Uh, and I just felt like there should have been opportunities for people like me. So I created a uh, modeling agency called Visa Fashion Models. And um, interestingly enough, we have, were very diverse. Back then, I had full-figured models. I had Asian models. I had male models. I had LB, LGBT. Of course, I don't know what they were calling it back then. I had um, short Black models. I had older models because I felt like these were all the people who were left out in those agencies that, um, you know, we didn't belong. So, and I did pretty well with it actually. And uh, do you remember the show Candid Camera? Yes. Some of my models got placed on Candid Camera. Awesome. And, uh, you know, yeah, so I, I, so I started out doing that. And then um, I needed to make money my mom passed and I needed something to fill that void. So I started working for a corporate bank that's still in around today. And strangely enough, they're still having a lot of problems and people complaining about them even today. <laughs> anyway, I stayed uh, at that bank for about eight years. And then I left to start the pantyhose vending machine. Uh, and the reason why is because I have an interview for that very same bank and you, this is when women were actually wearing hosiery and people actually cared about how they looked when they went to work or went anywhere. <laughs> you know, remember that? The days when we actually cared how we looked, everybody was in Walmart wear. Anyway, so. Hey, don't call me out too much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you wear H&M. Walmart wear. That's what I call it. Mm. I was actually, like, I definitely have sweatpants on right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a little bit different. You're behind the screen, you know, we're right, at home. Right, right. I mean, literally, when you have to physically walk out and go into a building and go for an interview. And wait, you're a recruiter, so you understand <laughs> you understand this, right? Okay. 
people right. should look like they're going to go interview for a job. So, um, you know, then you kind of had to, had to really look like that. And I had um, this hole in my hosiery. And um, I remember <laughs> running around trying to find a store that had hosiery so that I could go looking professional. And this company was very, very strict at the time. And uh, there were no stores that were available that had hosiery. And then the hosiery they did have, it wasn't what I wanted. And so I had to decide, do I, am I late for this job interview or do I go looking like this? Which I did. And so uh, it was a guy. And I remember when I went in for the interview, he was just looking at me because, you know, they paid attention to some of those things. And and I thought, geez, he's not going to hire me. But strangely i got the job and it was funny because i i think he really felt sorry for me he probably felt like we really need to give this poor girl a job because she can't even afford <laughs> hosiery it doesn't have a hole in it so i don't know um and i stayed there for eight years and then i just decided that i was very frustrated working for other people because there were ideas that i had that uh i would give to corporate management and they would take them and use them and they would get credit for it and i was like wait didn't I talk about that? And then there were, then there was the issue of salary, <laughs> which even today is still an issue. Um, actually, this is going to feed into Women's Songwriters Hall of Fame, but I'm taking you through my journey of how I got here, right? Do it, do it. I want to hear all of it. So, uh, so stop me and jump in if you need to, because, you know, I'm, I do radio, talk a little bit, so (laughs) (laughs) So it's okay. Um, But um, I'm I'm at this job and I just decide that there's so much more that I could be doing, I should be doing, and, but I didn't really know what it was. And um, I did know that I wanted to work for myself. So I started doing the pantyhose vending machines and that came out of that job interview um, and I did very well with it. As a matter of fact, the owner of the Baltimore Ravens owns another company called Aerotech, and they were my first clients right out the gate. I was like, holy cow! Wow. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's a huge, that's a huge that's deal. That's a huge deal, yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I have to say, Stephen Bashotti, um, who's still the owner for the Ravens, his company was called Aerotech, and they had a lady there. Her name was Pam Lund. I'll never forget it. She saw me on a morning television show. And she called me and specifically said, we want to support you as a woman uh, in business. And um, and I got to meet Stephen Bashadi. And he was very, very, very nice. And they were very accommodating. And I was small. And I didn't have a lot of capital to work with. Um, so they waited for me to actually get the money together to be able to purchase the vending machines and have them made. And they, they were my clients for, for a good while. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Would you like me to continue or should I pause there? Well, <laughs> I want to ask you I, about something, but go ahead, Sia. Oh, I was going to say, I came from the hospitality industry too. So I totally, totally know what you're talking about when it's like people need to come in professionally because the amount of people that I had like um, come in and like their shirts were wrinkled, like different things like that. And I worked at Cracker Barrel at first and it was super duper strict, like 
it was on our checklist like are their clothes wrinkled and like that was like one of the hard things that was like a no because like at Cracker Barrel you have to iron your shirts and stuff every day so they were super like old school like that so mm-hmm. I know I was like so that's really really awesome that you you know created that whole like pantyhose vending machine because I see those on TikTok like people are doing beauty vending machines all the way around and so it's so cool that you were like one of those pioneers how about that isn't that something I see that too now yeah Mm -hmm. and I love it I mean I think that things should evolve I think that's great that they are yeah I just want you to know that when you talk about the vending machines I can't tell you how many times this specific scenario happened and saved my life like literally how many times I had utilized the vending machine for the pantyhose mm-hmm. because when we did promos, we had very, very short shorts. And so you had to have pantyhose and sometimes they would get snagged and you're out at an event and we had to have them and we knew where to go to get these specific ones. So when you're talking about this, I'm like having nostalgic moments. I'm like, <laughs> I remember those. They were so awesome. And most like, the younger generations are like, what are they talking about? Right. <laughs> but it was seriously an issue. It was it was bad if you if you didn't have this close to you. Yeah. Do you remember the panty the, the fingernail polish on the run? Oh yes. Really I, I still carry <laughs> clear nail polish in my in my purse now mm-hmm. for that reason, even though yeah. I don't wear panty hose anymore. But it's like <gasps> I have to have it. But I yeah. Don't um, yeah, it's, it, you know, we, we learned how to finagle and maneuver. And um, I have to tell you, the pantyhose vending machine came out of research. I've always been a real big research person, and I still am. Um, and when I look at the statistics of, so, all right, I'm trying to get the money to have the machines made and to get inventory for the pantyhose. I go to the SBA. At the time, my credit was wonderful. And I had a job and I had income. So there was really no reason for them to tell me no, but they did. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which leads, leads me to, okay, all right, now everybody, please just bear with me as I'm getting through the story. <laughs> I promise there's a, there's a reason for this. Um, I made a lot of people at the Small Business Administration, known as the SBA, very upset because as I was trying to get this loan to expand my pantyhose vending machines, they just kept turning me down, but they would never really tell me why. And so I wanted to know if it was because I was a woman, whether it was because I was a minority or whether it was both. And I challenged and questioned the people who were in charge of the SBA, which didn't get me a whole lot of brownie points, I'm sure. Um, as a matter of fact, I found it really interesting that a lot of the people that ran the SBA at the time never actually had their own businesses. Right. So it's like somebody giving you, I'm not going to say Oprah. Oh, right. Uh, I love Oprah, but I would never take marriage advice from Oprah because marriage and being in a long-term relationship are two totally different things. Yes, it's they like, are. I'm not going to ask somebody who bakes cakes to tell me how to maintain a lawn. Anyway. Right. 
What? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. So they were a little upset with the questions that I was asking. I was not pointing fingers. I just wanted to get to the resolution of how do we find funding for minorities and women or low-income people? And if you tell me one more time to fill out this form, we're going to be rolling in the hallway, right? Right. Because if you can tell me how many people come to your office every month, because I'm filling out this form to tell you that I'm there, then tell me what happens to those people six months after they leave your office. Are they successful? Did they get funding? Did their business grow? What happened to them? They don't really keep records of what happens to the businesses after they leave their office. And the reason is funding. Mm -hmm. They get money based on the number of people that they that come in the door. But they don't get money based on results of the actions of the people within the office to help people really grow their business. Hence came the TV show I did called Entrepreneur's Edge TV. It was a resource show about 20 years ago to help anybody who had a business find resources to grow and expand. So I took a lot of those organizations like SCORE, the Service Corporation for Retired Executives, which is also very funny because a lot of those people have never run businesses. They are retired executives of companies that somebody else owned and created, right? And so, um, needless to say, after countless conferences and conversations and people promising that they would create bills and funding to help small businesses, women and minorities get funding to grow their businesses, it is now 2023. And I guarantee you that is not in place anywhere within the SBA or SCORE. Right. And there's a reason for that mm. about the numbers, which means somebody has gotten paid a long time in these jobs and these positions for doing absolutely nothing. And nobody has ever questioned it except a couple people like some girl named Janice McLean Deloach that pissed a whole lot of people off. But it was true. It's still true. And then you had, after Entrepreneur's Edge TV, something called The Apprentice. Mm -hmm. And then came The Prophet. And then Shark Tank. And then mm -hmm. an Undercover Boss. And I remember pitching my TV show, Entrepreneur's Edge TV, at the National Television Conference called NAPI, N-A-T-P-E. I was pitching with Steve Harvey and Ellen DeGeneres and the doctors and Wendy Williams and um, Judge Maybelline. Wow. And I remember everybody gave me a flat out no. And the reason was nobody wants to talk about entrepreneurship and business. So now it's 2023 and you have five shows or you've had some shows that now I'll talk about 
small business and entrepreneurship. There's even a push now to do what in our country? Help people do what? Become entrepreneurs. So was I ahead uh, ahead of the times? Yes, I was. Um, Was what I was saying right about the funding? Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. why is it still the same way today? And even more questionable is why are all the successful business people who have made thousands of dollars who are women or minorities not connecting and helping pulling the other ones up? That's the part right there. That's the part right there. Yeah, one person that's really like impacted me, um, I'm gonna tag him in the comments, but he's like low key took me under his wing to um, like just point me in the right direction. He's another gay, brown, Latinx and black like founder. And he's like, I see you and me. And I was like, I don't see enough me where I'm at. And I was like, I'm happy I found you. I was like, no, help me like introduce me to all of these other people that are cool too, because I feel like I was living in a, Oh, like I was the only brown dot on a little whiteboard right now, <laughs> at least in the executive level. And so, like, that's my whole thing now is I'm just trying to bring as many people with me because, you know, if I'm here, all of my friends, Shanda, everybody else, they're all going to be coming to AP, Roxanne, everybody else in the comment section, you're coming up with me. Oh, my God. And I love that. I love that. And I will say this to you. I hope you really mean it because it's hard being us. Mm-hmm. We can't do it by ourselves, but we can do it. And if we say we're going to do it, we just have to really mean it. And I really mm-hmm. applaud you for that. And Shanda, I love you because Aww. you really, you're a connector of people. That is, to me, your gift. I don't really even know you like that. Mm-hmm. But you, you're like, oh, wait, I know this person. Wait a minute. Let me call this one. Wait, let me get Zaya Zay mm-hmm. on here. And I'm sorry, Zaya, I promise I'm going to really get it right. No. And, uh, <laughs> did. Boom, boom, boom. And that is important because I don't, everybody who's not a minority or from the LGBT community or a woman, which primarily means white people, right? <laughs> I don't think they all feel, they don't all hate us. There are so many white people that I have. Mm-hmm white girls that I absolutely love and I call them my white sisters. They're like, Ugh, why do you always have to say you're a white sister? Because they are, but I love them. <laughs> I love them. And um, uh, some of them. It's not all, but there's also <laughs> some black people that I don't love. You know, because the ones that I don't like are the ones that are, you know, those white women that are like those straight cis white women that are just like there and they're like, oh, I'm all about D, E, and I, and then they only help white women. Yeah. And that's my whole thing. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay, you're helping people like you. And I was like, I'm sorry, but women still make up 43% of the workforce. Right. So I was like, you guys, women are a minority, but if you're a white woman, you're still white, which gives you a still majority over anybody right. else, that's even right. a black man, mm-hmm. black woman, black brown men, brown women, you're like gay men, gay women, like you're still, you're not the number one, but you're still number two. Um, so uh, those are the and, ones that irk me on this platform. <laughs> well, and, and a lot of them, but they're, you know, and a lot of them have, you know, 
people with money who can write them checks to get their business started. And I'll give you a perfect example. When the pantyhose vending machine, this is why I quit the pantyhose vending machines and took up war with the SBA. You know this little company called Spanx? Yes. Mm -hmm. You ever heard of that company? Mm -hmm. We started the same. Actually, they started three months after I launched my pantyhose vending machines. I didn't know that. Three months after I launched my pantyhose vending machine, Spanx came out. Her father gave her a $50,000 starter check. And then she got money from the SBA, which is why I was pissed off. Right. Wow. Not because her father had the money and he helped her. But here was a black woman doing the same exact thing as a white woman. At that time, there was really nobody in that space other than me and her. She mm-hmm. is now a, what, $200 million company? And I went out of business after two years. Right. So I am not throwing stones at anybody. I'm not jealous Mm -hmm. of anybody's success. But my point in breaking and and saying all of that is so that people can really understand the disparities, even in getting money and building businesses in this country. And it Mm -hmm. does come down to race sometimes. Sometimes it is a black or white thing. It is a male or female thing. But I mm-hmm. do know that there are some really supportive people who happen to be Caucasian. And I mentioned Stephen Bishotti from the Baltimore Ravens. He really was very supportive. And so was his staff. And, you know, sometimes I feel like, uh, you know, there are some white people who really are, you know, when when the, the whole George Floyd, when... You know, mm-hmm. he died and the country was in an uproar. It wasn't just black people marching. It was white people marching, too. They were Asians. I was there. Them, I know? was there in Portland every single day. I literally, I would get off of work at, like, I think 3 p.m., and I would just go straight there. Every single day I was there. I got tear gas. I got shot with rubber bullets. Oh, wow. Like, it was, Portland, it was terrible. Like, they had military-grade tear gas. Like, I was even... I honestly was thinking about posting some of those videos of like us getting shot at for, while we were singing, us getting tear gas thrown on us while we were doing chants. Like we were sitting on the ground and they were still shooting rubber bullets on us. Oh, so wow. it's like, that's what a lot of See, people don't even ridiculous. realize. It's like, literally we were there trying to fight for rights and it seems almost like nothing happened. And it was just brushed under the rug. It was just a trend. And so... I'm still here advocating every day. I'm trying to create wealth for those people, like those minorities. I helped somebody get out of working at a grocery store and into tech sales at almost $70,000 salary oh, increase. Wow. So yes, Gosh. helping more, yeah, <laughs> helping yeah. more black, brown, people of color, LGBTQ, uh, everything, disabilities without it, getting more money into the hands of those people. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. I should really <laughs> I'm so grateful to be on here with both of you because this is really my pleasure. Um, likewise. So, yeah. Likewise. Absolutely. I know, I know our first conversation, it was like right at the butt crack of dawn. So I had no energy. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes. definitely have a lot of lived experience. <sighs> oh, wow. So I'm sorry. Where were we going? <laughs> Well, I have a question because we're running out of time. Um, Speaking of helping others, Miss Janice has a role she's hiring for, for specifically an internship for her. 
do you want to talk about that a little bit and get in some details what you're looking for specifically because oh yes <laughs> um so um so i've gone along the journey with all these other different businesses but today uh, all of those experiences have really led up to uh, Women's Songwriters Hall of Fame. And Women's Songwriters Hall of Fame is, like I said, an organization that seeks to support women in music, whether you're just getting started, you want to get started, you're an iconic, a legendary woman. And um, we are two years old, um, a little under three years old, and we are growing exponentially. Exp I can't say that word, you know? We're expanding a lot. Yes. <laughs> And um, uh, we need help. We can't keep up. We are expanding our scholarship program. We are expanding um, uh, our award show. We've got songwriting mixer. And we're looking for interns, people who want to come and learn and be a part of the, uh, a great atmosphere and support the atmosphere and um, just bring your knowledge and your talent to an organization that really is starting from the ground, but wants to do amazing, incredible things in the world. It's, it's mostly for women in music, but education is something that everybody will benefit from. And so if you have some spare time and you feel like you can bring something to this organization, um, even if you think it's something that we may not need, ask, you never know. So certainly we, we would love to see some interns and volunteers if you'd be interested. We'd love to have you. Because she has Perfect. lots of ideas too, the big tech ideas as well. So don't just think, oh, you know, this is sassy sales moms. Well, there's more to it that we just haven't been able to get into tonight because Janice's story is so <laughs> big. I mean, there's no other word for it. It's just, it's big and it's intense. And she has all these great things that she's doing. You couldn't possibly fit it into an hour. I don't even know if we could fit into three hours, honestly, but she does have some things. So if you have tech experience, she does need people in those tech fields to help her with her ideas that she has going out. So please reach out to her. And then also too, we, I, I'm working on a shopping platform as well. And uh, we really need tech people for that as well. So, um, you know, if we can put that description in the chat for anybody and or how they can contact me or Vanessa Powers, that would really be great. So um, what's the best way? You can send it to info at women's songwriters hall of fame dot org. Okay. All right. When it's women's songwriter. W O M E N mm -hmm. and then songwriters S O N G W R I T E R S. Mm -hmm. Hall of Fame.org. Info at women's songwriters Hall of Fame.org. Okay, perfect. I just dropped that in the chat okay. for everybody that can um, use that and message over your information and resume to Janice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh. Um, the advice that I would give my younger self would be to, uh-oh, you want me to type this in the chat? Oh, you already did it. The advice that I would give my younger self 
would be to listen. <laughs> it's real simple to listen and to be patient. Um, I've made a lot of mistakes because I didn't listen. And then when I did listen, I wasn't patient. And it cost me time, money, effort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I can't really talk to my younger self, but I would tell my younger self not to burn yourself <laughs> out. <laughs> you don't have to figure out your whole life in, uh, in. okay, so I was one of those kids, like I, my parents made me stressed out about um, college before I got into high school. So it was like, I was picking out my top colleges in high school, like reaching out to other people about getting track scholarships already. So um, <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. So I'd say you don't need to have your whole life figured out. That would be my advice to my younger self. Enjoy the process, take in the journey. It's very good. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. Ooh, and then be careful who you let in your inner circle. That's another one, because you never know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have this joke. I always say, even Jesus chose Judas. Mm -hmm. Right, right. <laughs> I was just reading that the other day, actually. I was like, I was reading it, and I was like, ooh. Um, and then I actually did like a little bit like of a Bible study with it with my family, and it was like really like I was sitting there and like reflecting. I was like, even even Jesus couldn't pick everybody perfect. So why am I putting that all on myself? So that's why now you know it's all about strategic partnerships and that sort of thing you know figuring out who's rooting for you behind closed doors instead of talking about yes. you that's a big one yeah i really don't know how people waste so much time talking about other people all day like i don't know why you're not busy doing something else that's why you're not where you want to be because you're worrying about what somebody else is doing it just it's just um uh, yeah i won't get into all of that but i just think it's such a <laughs> So right. But it also shows maturity level too, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not because of age. I know 60-year-old women who probably could be doing a little better, but you know, nonetheless. To each their own, right? <laughs> Why is my screen so slow? Mine's really bad too. <laughs> StreamYard does some weird stuff sometimes. So you kind of segued into that. Um, tell us about what does the American dream look like to you, Miss Janice? Well, first, I'm not really sure that I even recognize America anymore. Um, Thank you. <laughs> this, right. <laughs> right. Uh, this country really suffers from a lot of the same problems that I talked about earlier when we we're talking about the Small Business Administration and score. It's mm -hmm. about having people in position that really may not be qualified to do these positions that they're in. And so maybe we may even want to go back and look at the way we pick 
our council people and our senators and our congressmen, because, um, you know, if you ran a bakery and now you want to run the country and you want to be president, but you filed bankruptcy like 14 times, um, that's probably a pretty good indicator that you may not be the best person to run <laughs> the country. Right. True. And, um, yeah. So the American dream to me seems almost impossible. The, and again, a lot of this is due to systems that are in place like streamlining and redlining oh. when it comes to getting loans and money for houses. Mm -hmm. And when you go to the bank to get a loan, one person gets a loan and one person doesn't get a loan. And I mean, I even had a guy tell me the other day, he asked me if my husband could sign for me to get a credit card. What? Or the fact that black and brown people that own houses are get um, estimated less than white owners. Yes. By real estate agents. Mm -hmm. I saw that. That's the other thing too. I saw that. Yeah. Um, I asked so my family, I asked my grandparents the other day and I, cause, um, I got to answer that question of like, why, like what the American dream looks like to me. And I asked my grandparents, I was like, why did you leave Fiji to come to the U S because I wanted to hear what they had to say. And they said that they would thought it was going to be better than it is. Everybody talks about how much better it was than it is now. And that they didn't see the things. Nobody talks about the bad. They always talk about the good. And I was like, I told her, I was I was joking with them. And I was like, I would have much rather been on the beach right now drinking from a coconut, climbing the tree to get it myself than worrying about taxes and all of this stupid stuff that the U.S. has. Yeah, I really always wonder that, too. If you're from Bahamas or Fiji or any of the, those islands, why do you want to come to America? I just... You know, because my life goal is to end up there. So, you know, right. I would love to live in the Bahamas or Fiji. Both of those are dream destinations to live. So now I have to say, as long as everything is going right, you know, that is one of the things that I do. Well, I'm not so sure that we really have the right justice in America either. We know that we don't. And right. it is if you are a poor person. If you are a woman, if you are of a certain color, yeah, if you wear a turban, <laughs> you know, and mm -hmm. um, I don't know, it saddens me because I don't recognize this America. It's not the one that I thought it would be. I'm here because, I don't know, I guess this is better for now, but. So I don't know what the American dream looks like to me anymore. I feel that. Mm -hmm. Big time. And I, I just want to say global majority. That's all I've got to say. Global yeah. majority. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I know with me personally, um, <laughs> there's people rolling over in their graves right now. Cause I'm having a conversation with two people who are not beige. Um, but I wasn't allowed to watch Oprah growing up. There's, there's so many things that I said, this is how my kids are not going to be raised. They are going to learn about diversity from very, very young. They're going to understand that 
you help everybody. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And so when people aren't thinking those ways, because it doesn't benefit anyone to not help others. Everybody benefits when you help everybody. So it doesn't make any sense, especially with business. You're growing the economy and considering like what Zay was just saying, you know, the global majority, if everybody finally could come together and agree, it would be a totally different world. Mm -hmm. And so helping people find their voice and helping them give that platform, all those different things. I think everyone needs to be doing their part to make it that possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that people, (laughs) I always laugh because if you're trying to segregate earth or the world, when you leave here, because we all, you know, as much as I, think that I'm going to be here forever. We, we all at some point will leave this place as we are. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do when you get to the other place? How are you going to regulate that? Because you don't have any power up there yeah. so, or down there. But <laughs> Right. right. I don't think there's going to be sections in hell or heaven where you go and you go here and you go, I think you're going to, and I don't think anybody's going to say, well, this section is for Catholics and this is for Baptists and this is for Episcopalians and this is for, you know, I don't think it really, which is what I'm saying is huge in that we're going to have to learn to get along one mm-hmm. way or the other. And I agree with you. I would rather spend my time helping people, which I have really dedicated my life at, to this point doing even my own little way and the same thing with you Zaya you're doing it in your Mm -hmm. own way Shanda this is a result of you doing it in your own way we are helping each other and frankly Mm -hmm. I think that we won't survive unless we all learn to do more of it so absolutely yeah most definitely so what do you think was your biggest victory and your toughest loss as an entrepreneur? Um, <laughs> my biggest victory was actually accomplishing anything. <laughs> I was, You've accomplished I was, a lot. Well, yeah. <laughs> you really I, have. I really believe that I'm laughing, but I have always believed that I am ADHD. I've always thought that before there was these, all these diagnoses and everything. I always had a really hard time focusing. I still have problems with it even now. But when I am focused, I'm really focused. Um, my biggest loss was Entrepreneur Magazine stealing the name of my TV show, Entrepreneur's Edge TV. What? Yes. And yes, I said it. Entrepreneur Magazine. (laughs) The magazine Mm -hmm. that is supposed to help entrepreneurs literally steals their intellectual property 
and shuts them down. And I know that because I was one of them. My show at the time, Entrepreneur's Edge TV, was about me doing television, but Entrepreneur's Magazine was only a print magazine at the time. But then when they started to realize that video and television were becoming popular and then Entrepreneur's Edge TV was in its way, they decided to take me to court and sue me and steal my intellectual property. And they told me, if you go to court, we're going to win because you can't fight us in court. You don't have the money. So that was my biggest loss, more so because it was my first business that really was kind of sort of successful. I was really kind of opening some doors and making some headway with that. And um, my problem was with the trademark office because entrepreneur, the word is a general use word. That's like saying water or food. Nobody can have a monopoly on the word entrepreneur. So they should have never been granted that patent, that trademark to begin with. Um, hmm. That's really interesting. That's just, people, they hear these stories online and they're like, oh, that's not true or that's, that couldn't have happened. But when you hear from people stories like this, they happen all the time. And so what, what would you suggest to people to protect themselves from everything you've learned? Like, how would you give them guidance? So the first thing I would tell you is to make sure you get, uh, and from this, I've really learned, you have to develop a relationship with an attorney who specializes in business law. And here again, I complain about these organizations that say they help small businesses and entrepreneurs because once again, I'm going to go back to the small business administration and I, I don't actually hate them. I just think they need, they need to do a lot of remodeling within their house. If I come to you and I tell you, I don't know what kind of structure business I want, you should be able to help me. If you cannot help me, you should have an attorney on staff within the small business resource centers and offices who can say, okay, this is what kind of business model. Or if I have a problem with somebody like a corporate company, Entrepreneur Media, we should have some kind of pro bono or low bono or reduced sliding scale fees for businesses. Mm -hmm within these agencies and these offices to help us. Don't just say, go get a lawyer. Well, from where? I spent a lot of the time when I was fighting Entrepreneur Magazine, just finding a lawyer who understood business law, who wasn't a corporate lawyer on the payroll of some other big conglomerate corporate company. So here's mm -hmm. me fighting these big people by myself. Now, if you get 30, the SBA got $30 million, I forget, the last time I checked, it was $30 million. $30 million to staff these, these offices. With who? People who don't track results. Nobody who has run a business with no kind of legal counsel or advice. on. Even if you had one lawyer 
in one main branch in every city, in every state across the country, you know how many problems, you, how much litigation you would cut down on? A lot of it's confusion. People don't know what they're doing when they're getting started. And a lot of people start without really understanding the main things they should have, an accountant, an attorney, a banker with a bank relationship, which I'm not even sure if that matters because then when you go to ask them for a loan, they're not going to give it to you anyway. Um, and again, it comes back to if you are Sarah Haynes from Spanx and you made $230 million off of women, establish a fund that gives money to women entrepreneurs to start their businesses, pay for something, pay for legal advice for us. You know, if you are, um, in the LGBT community and you are a leader partner with the other leaders who got, look, RuPaul's got millions of dollars. RuPaul do something. Don't just talk about what needs to be done. You do it. You've got money partner with other people that, you know, have money, create a fund for LGBT and Latinx people who want to start businesses, who want to do whatever they want to do. If you are, mm -hmm. Um, I was like, Tyra Banks is another example. She's another example. I, you know, I every time I look at something on the news about the NFL and the players that are pissed off with the NFL, I laugh. <laughs> you guys all are millionaires. <laughs> Start, Start your, your own, own league. <laughs> I say this all the time. And on top of that, it's all of the black brown people of color lgbtq people left the nfl who'd be left probably enough people for maybe three teams <laughs> it's just truly a no-brainer so i mean there there are certain things like we're on this call tonight all of us in our own way are doing something to help other people you don't have to be millionaires you don't we can take very small steps to have impact you know, but you also have to work the plan and really move through the plan and really do it. Don't say I'm going to do it. And then you do it for a year and then you quit. Cause I'll tell you <laughs> women's songwriters hall of fame. I love it. It's a labor of love. It's actually the, the most fabulous thing. The most fun thing. This is the first thing when you ask me about my accomplishments, my biggest victory was accomplishing anything. But if I had to really point to one thing, women's songwriters hall of fame would be it. And the reason why is because clearly I am able to measure the results of the impact that we are having on the lives of other women and other people. You know, Marilyn Bergman's husband was crying because we awarded this award to his wife. Marilyn Bergman wrote, wrote The Way We Were, the Barbara Streisand song when in the movie with Robert Redford and, and Barbara Streisand. And Marilyn Bergman for 15 years was the president of ASCAP. 15 years. Never once did they think to give this lady an award or honor her or, or do a scholarship in her name or anything. We honored her last year and then ASCAP did a scholarship in her name. She was your president for 15 years. Why didn't you think of it at any time during then? So if I have to point to one thing, Women's Songwriters Hall of Fame, and I have to say, I've got a lot of wonderful women that are working with me and guys for that matter, mm -hmm. are really working to help us really make this um, an organization that is around, that is sustainable, that helps other people and keeps these doors open. But I point to that because I see the impact that we're having. If you were 
the president of ASCAP for 15 years and nobody thought about you in the 15 years that you were there enough to honor you until we did it and now give you a scholarship, which we asked them to do with our organization. They didn't do it. They went another way, but she still got the scholarship. That's how you know when you're measuring impact because her husband was crying when we did his interview. He said, this is amazing. And she was a great songwriter and you are 100% right to honor her and her memory. It meant a lot to him. It meant the world to him. And I imagine it would have been for her too. So um, that's one of those accomplishments that I'm really excited about. Yeah. That's awesome. So oh, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. How do you find the confidence to, to believe in yourself to do all these things that you've done? especially since you've had so much adversity and things, I would call them hurdles. I think they're more like mountains that you've had to climb. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, really, Shanda, I will tell you that a lot of it is faith. Uh, a lot of it is doing it afraid. A lot of it mm -hmm. is doing it alone. A lot of it is doing it when I'm tired. A lot of it is doing it when I'm crying. A lot of it is when people treat me unfairly because I'm trying to make a difference. A lot of it's because I had on a really cute green dress in 2021. But I just keep going. I don't know how to be any other way. Mm. Because innately it just is really is who I am. And it makes me cry when I think about it because this is not an act. I'm not portraying Janice. I, this is really, really, really who I am. And it bothers me so much that a lot of our dreams get sidetracked and sidelined simply because of money and resources and the right connections. So you guys are clearly right on it when you're doing what you do. Ugh, that like made me want to cry. It gave me goosebumps because that is what I feel. And so it just makes me feel more validated. And I want you to know you're not alone. And a lot of us black, brown, LGBTQ diverse entrepreneurs are tired of trying to fit into the straight, white, cis world that wasn't made for us. And so my whole thing that I say is I am trying to create more opportunities in the world that wasn't designed for us to be in. Yeah. So that's my whole entire thing. That's the whole entire mission of my company. Um, so just know you are not alone. I see you. I value you. I appreciate you. And I'm honored to be in your presence. Oh, thank you. I love you, Janice. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. I love you both. I'm so glad I'm here. I don't normally cry on podcasts. This is not good. My makeup is already messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Still study, though. <laughs> You know what? This world does not belong to any one single group or class of people. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, those who feel like they deserve the right to say they own the world are wrong. And I feel like with COVID, which uh, I have my theories about that, but I also feel like, because I am spiritual, I do believe in God. I talk about him all the time. I talk to him all the time. He's probably like, oh, mm -hmm. Lord, not her again today. But <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. But I think he is resetting the clock. And mm -hmm. that is what we are seeing. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about global majority. And you're talking about teaching your daughter about and your kids mm -hmm. about diversity. Mm 
-hmm. I feel, and this is just my personal theory. I don't have any books. I haven't watched any videos, no CBS or 60 minute specials. I think that the clock is being reset and it is, and this is a Bible quote and the last shall be first. Mm. Yes. Yeah, most definitely. I always say we're, me and Shannon were talking about the other day, we're literally living in revelations right now. So Mm. (laughs) everybody's going to reap what they sow. Generational curses, generational trauma, all of that. Yeah, if you don't believe in something, this might be a good time to think about something. (laughs) I mean, you know, it snowed in California. Come on. And oh, it didn't just snow. It's like what? It's 10, 15 feet or something crazy. It's, in, yeah, it's crazy. It's March. Hmm. I don't know. I think somebody's talking real loud right now if you're listening. Well, Dolly Parton did a great song on her birthday. So if you haven't uh, looked that up, she she dropped that since we're going to talk about women songwriters for a second. I'm not talking to you, Dolly, because she was supposed to come the first year. Oh, no. Bye, Dolly. No, I'm so sorry. Ouch. Ouch. I, I love her. I love oh, her. But, you know, Dolly is a Dolly follows the trends, though. Dolly will always find a way to make sure Dolly stays in the in the news. And um, I give her a lot of credit for the fact that she has maintained a career all this time. And she always reinvents herself even in her 70s so i love her for that i love her even more if she shows up at our award show next year right (laughs) so so we're right at our hour um what final words of wisdom do you have for us miss janice oh wow um No, I didn't, but all right. It's a little too late for that. Um, You know, I feel that people should do what's in their heart. And um, if it's on your heart to create a business and become the best florist in the world, then you should do that. If it is on your heart to be the best cabinet maker, then you should do that. And... um, I think you should always be a person of principle. And if you tell people you're gonna do something, do it. Now we all fall short sometimes. Sometimes we make mistakes or things happen. We don't always get it right. But if you tell somebody it's gonna be three o'clock on Wednesday, let it be three o'clock on Wednesday. If you do a job and the job's not you know, done to the best of the ability, then fix it, make it right. Um, Just be the best you as a business person, as a person, contribute to the world um, Mm. in whatever way you can. Um, I think that's really what I would say right now. I'm sure I'd have some other thoughts on another day, but today, that's the one for today. I love all of that. That's amazing. 
Well, I appreciate your time so much and Zayas too and everybody who came. Just thank you for the wonderful way to scare away our Sunday scaries and get ready for the week. And I cannot wait to talk to you again because I know that we will. I hope we'll stay in contact and do more projects Absolutely. together. And I would love to come back and I'll make sure that we really stick to the actual agenda the next time. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I was all over the place today. It's hey, okay. the spirit We're guided the conversation. That's all that matters. <laughs> yes. And, you know, all three of us are kind of uh, outside of the lines, uh, rule breakers to a certain extent anyway. So it's fine. It, everything's great. Yeah. I had a great time. I hope everybody else did too. Well, I thank you Beautiful. all. And I hope that, um, you know, nobody's mad at me. If, if you are, I'm sorry. <laughs> They'll and get over it. Don't be sorry for being you, period. Uh, Amen. I'm tired of apologizing to be like being my authentic self. You shouldn't either. People don't like you. They don't like me. They don't like Shanda. They don't need to follow any of us. They don't need exactly. to exist in my reality. I don't care about their comments. I don't care about anything. Your life is your life. You're allowed to have whoever you want in it, but you don't need to bring me down to you. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So, Are you coming in June? We really need you to come. <laughs> We've got to solidify that. that. with you in June. I did a... I need to put my GoFundMe up or something. <laughs> We're working on it. We're absolutely working on it. No worries about that. We could do that for sure. But I really would love to see you guys in June. And I hope you can make it. And, you know, whatever I can do to help. I don't know what. But you know how to find me. So oh, we will be chatting. We will be chatting more often, Janice. I promise that. All right. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. My makeup's a mess. I'm going to go clean my face now. <laughs> bye. Bye. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha.